If you would, find Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I'm going to move this because if I don't move this, it's going to move me. All right? And that, that won't be, uh, you get all this falling, it's hard to stop, you know? Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Let me read the scripture. We're in a series called Thy Kingdom Come. And today we end that series. We've been singing uh, the Matt Meyer song before I preach, which we just did. And then we've been, sing we've been saying the Lord's Prayer together, which we just did. So today we're gonna be handling uh, a verse, it's really a life verse for me. I have spent most of, my, most of my life as a believer and as a pastor uh, letting this verse feed me. And so I, 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 wanna, I wanna give it to you today. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things will be provided to you. But before I get into the sermon, I gotta handle some business, okay? Um, this week, we got a, we got a package. Uh, Amy got a box and uh, it was delivered. And so uh, we went to the box, we go, what is this thing? I mean, we didn't know what it was. And so we opened it up and uh, I, there's an investigative part of me because there's a lot of law enforcement in my family. And um, somebody sent me an Energizer bunny. All right, and uh, there's a few hundred, there's a few hundred suspects out there. Uh, I, I don't know who did that, but we got this in the mail and you had to be here last Sunday. You're, you're not gonna get this because I said the kingdom of God is like an energizer bunny. It just keeps going and going and going and it outlasts. So whoever did that, thank you. Uh, and uh, we know the Holy Spirit knows and we're praying that uh, he reveals that to us and exposes that in, uh, in the near future, okay? But I, I, thanks, I needed that this week. I wanted you to know that. So it, 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 at least you're listening a little bit. So that's, there's, a, there's, a little bit, there's a little bit of hope in that. Um, in Matthew 6, there's a section, in fact, in my, my Bible, I, I use Holman version a lot. And uh, I, my Bible is large print. I, got, I find a Bible that has the largest print possible. Uh, some of you all carry scripture with a small print. <laughs> I have no idea how you read that. But um, it, 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 is, it is subtitled, this section of Matthew 6 is subtitled, The Cure for Anxiety. Because when you read this section of Matthew 6, you're going to read about worry and anxiety, earthly things. All these things are there. Uh, and, but ultimately, you're going to have to listen to me. You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to have to read a little deeply, meditate on it. But it also talks about your value, your personal value. So does it have worry and anxiety and, and the stuff that we focus on earth? It does. But ultimately, it teaches about how valuable you are. And I hope that you're able to be able to see that. So in Matthew 6, we're just going to follow the, ver the verse uh, step by step. He says, seek first. Seek first. It's a matter of importance and priority is what it says here. Jesus, Jesus says, I'm getting ready to give you some things 
And these things are what I want you to seek before you seek anything else. Uh, he gives us later his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek these two things in your life. I want to remind you in the verse that this kingdom is his. I'm going to hit that, I'm going to hit that in a minute. This kingdom is his and the righteousness is his. They're not ours. They're his. They belong to him. It's important to see that. And, and a cure that he is giving all of us is before we seek anything else, seek him. We, we have a saying here. We actually got it from Drew, Drew Causey. Uh, Drew would be in seminary. I'd, I'd have to debrief Drew on some things along the way, which was a lot of fun for him and me. And we would, we would talk through some things. And we, we came upon a saying that was really given to us by Dan Greiner. And uh, he's in uh, the Knoxville area of Tennessee. And he, he said this statement, you can't learn what you think you already know. So you, you've, uh, b before you and I say some things, you have to realize we may have opinions and beliefs, but my question to you is, do they come from the word of God first? I, I believe in the authority of the word of God. It's his word, not mine. It's his order, not mine. I believe in that strongly. Um, none of you are going to convince me of that, but that's over time. Uh, that's happened over a great deal of time in my life. But we, we have to go to, we have to seek him, his kingdom, and his righteousness before we seek anything else. So the cure really is we go to him first. The cure is we go to him first. Um, for those of you uh, who are uh, firemen and policemen and all that uh, that, that look over us and, and guard and shield us the best that you can. You need to understand the Lord is a first responder. He is not a last resort. And if we're not careful, a lot of times we will teach him as a last resort that I have utilized everything else in my life and now, well, I'm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna go to him. The intent of this passage and this section is that we learn to go to him first. We gotta learn to go to him first because our, uh, the order of our life may be we go to him last and it needs to be reversed. We have to go to him first. So the kingdom of God, we hit to, is his, it belongs to him. And I'm giving you this every Sunday. It is God's rule in us. It's God's rule in us. We've been singing about it. It's his rule in our life. It's a new way of life that you're gonna have to get used to. That happens over time. It's a new set of principles. The kingdom is a new set of principles, not the old ones, a new set. It is from God, it is directed from heaven. It's heaven's way of life and living and relationships. It's the way of doing business and its priorities. I believe very strongly that God has given his order of life. I believe that strongly. Where do I get that? Because I conjured it up in my mind? No, I get it from the word of God. Some of you 
um, in your work, what you do, you read graphs. Uh, some, uh, when I was on the certain boards that I was on, we, uh, we would have board meetings and we used what's called silos. And you've got things set aside in silos. You may be used to reading a bar graph. You may be used to looking at a pie chart. You, there's all kinds of graphs and ways and visualization out there for us to get what's going on. So the Lord has an order of life. And it's not just one section. It's not just one section of life. He has a complete order of life. Like, I, I would rather look at a pie chart than a graph. You, you get that? Please, please, please tell me you get that, right? Okay, a, a cherry pie chart. Uh, double crusted with the lattice work on the top. All right? Yeah, so um, the... Um, we, 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 I'd rather look at it that way. So God has got life, if you want to look at it in segments. And when I say that our world has alternative lifestyle, you're immediately gonna go to sexuality. And I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But let me, let me tell you about a conversation I had this week. It's a, uh, a, a person that's well known in the music industry in Nashville. They tour. Uh, they, uh, they're nationally known. If I were to mention their names, you, some of you would know who they are. And I was on a phone conversation with them this week about a change that they are making in their life. And they said, you know, we, we have to learn God's economy. We have to learn, are you all with me? Because this is an order of God. This is something God has put in order. We have to learn God's economy over the world's economy. So you living under the world's economy can be an alternative lifestyle. It, it, can, it can go to fun. I hear this all the time. Our culture is so fun-based that scripture talks about that. But God, God has given us this world for us to enjoy. He does mean for us to enjoy it, but not be consumed by it. And there, there's a name in scripture that's given for people who are nothing but pleasure seeking. In other words, their language is, let's just have fun. Well, life's not always fun. Life can be a major struggle and struggle causes great focus and concentration. And when you, when you do that, it wears you out. It will drain you uh, with everything. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want you to have leisure in your life? No, he, he wants us to have leisure, but he doesn't want leisure to become our God. So you've got to learn in the kingdom that not everything's fun. Not everything's fun at all. But we, we, there are things that we do and it's work and it's labor. And we, if you're not careful, the fun will be a, attached to escapism, which means you want to run away. It's, it's fight or flight, right? You want to you run away instead of sit and handle everything. Does that mean vacations are wrong? No. But vacations all the time might be. Because <laughs> there comes a time that we labor in the Lord. We work. And it's, it's tough work. 
The kingdom can be very tough work, so it's not always fun. So then, then, we, then we can get to sexuality. There's a major confusion about sexuality in, the, in our world today, major confusion about it. And then we, we'll highlight one area of it and when we need to highlight all areas of it. For example, if you're single, you're celibate according to the kingdom of God. Period. Right. Yeah, you're, you're celibate. And, and we'll, we'll get into, but God has given us an order. If you look at the pie chart again, he's given us an order when it comes to finances. God has an order. It's called first fruits. It's, it's, there's, he has an order to your personal economy. God has an order to your work and what you enjoy. God, God has an order to your sexuality. And listen to me, the enemy, the enemy, and this comes from year of ministry and struggle, and the enemy wants to bring disorder to anything God has put in order. You, do you hear me? It does, I mean, you just gotta, you gotta see it. And, and, and only he can reveal that to you. And, and I welcome any conversation about that, I do. It's a discipleship time. It won't be a, a mean, hateful conversation. It'll just be God has set things in order. Uh, he, he set in order the way that I need to treat Julie as a husband. And the enemy wants to bring disorder to that order. Do you see what I'm saying? So it, it's a new way of life. The kingdom is a new way of living. It's a new set of principles. It's a new order of life and it becomes a godly order of life. And we pray in the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I'm emphasizing not just kingdom, I'm emphasizing your <laughs> You're, because it's his kingdom and it's his righteousness. And I'm, I know I'm preaching now, but we're gonna get to the guts of the sermon here in just a minute about his righteousness. So it, it is all his, right? I, I don't know if you see me and Tyra doing that song, that Matt Meyer song. It's all yours, all yours, all yours, all yours, you know? Uh, so anyway, just thought I'd give you that little moment. We've all sung in a hairbrush in front of a mirror in our room, right? It's sometime in our life. So uh, look at Colossians 1.13. I've been using this every Sunday in this series because I want you to see it. He has rescued us. You need rescuing. I don't care who you are. From the domain of darkness, he's transformed us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. He has moved us, he's transforming us because the kingdom is in us, it is given to us. It is an order of life from sexuality to finances. It is an order of life and we, the enemy will, will try to bring the disorder to that. That's why in the very same prayer, the Lord's prayer, and Lord, deliver us, will you finish it for me? From the evil one. It's in the same prayer because he wants, the enemy wants to disrupt the kingdom of God. So, uh, any, any conversation about that order, I certainly welcome it to you to even get to know you. Then his righteousness. 
he has rescued us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son, his love. And, and this rescue includes his righteousness. Go back to Matthew six thirty three, if you will. It's his righteousness, not ours. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's his. And the only way you get this righteousness is uh, through the life and the death of Jesus. You can't, you can't buy it off a shelf. Now listen, because we're gonna be here for a while. You can't earn it. Okay, you cannot earn his righteousness. You can't have it as your goal and earn it. You can't work for it. You're going, that's the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You cannot buy his righteousness. And if, if you just want to know what righteousness is, let me make it plain as I can. It's a right standing with God. Here's what happens. This is a, this is a biblical picture for you to understand in an illustration here. Sin is a wall. It's, it's separation. For example, if you're living a rebellious life, a sinful lifestyle, you're gonna make statements like this. Well, the church has rejected me. Or I feel disconnected. I, I, I feel like I don't belong. Nobody there cares about me. Because sin will isolate you it's intended, listen, I, I, I just go back to the Vietnam War, um, and I, I, I was really into the, as much as you could learn back then because we didn't have the information that we have today at our fingertips, but I wore a bracelet as a little boy. They would sell those, it was a mail order. Of course, you had to mail it in, it took forever to get it back, but I wore a bracelet of a POW when I was a, when I was a little boy, in, 10, 11 years old. In, uh, which would have been 1970, 1971, and they were POWs in the Vietnam War. And I, as, as much as I knew how, I would pray for this person, and I paid attention to that. Here's, here, when I say the enemy, you can think of it in context of war, or you can think of it in context of the devil, but I want you to listen to me. I, I, I wanna teach you how to live. I wanna teach you how to be aware. Um, if he, he wants to isolate you. The first thing you do to prisoners of war is you isolate them. It's the first thing you do. You separate them. You don't put them in the same cell together. You, you bring isolation to them, you bring them apart. That, that happens in interrogation with police. When police are interrogating or doing an investigation, they will isolate suspects just to see what story comes up. The, and the enemy does exactly the same thing. He will pull you away. You will drift, it's the book of Hebrews, you will drift. So sin, if he tempts you with sin and, wants you, and, and encourages you to sin, which he does, then as you sin, you are building a wall. Every brick of that sin is building a wall that separates you and God. It's a, it's a division that happens. Sin divides, literally causes division. And so righteousness, it comes in, and don't send me one of these, okay? But it, it's like the Kool-Aid guy that comes through the wall. Do you know what I'm saying? But don't send me one of those. Okay, please, great. Don't send me one of those. 
great. I like great. <laughs> but you know how the Kool-Aid man comes bursting through the wall? You remember the, you remember the, you remember Errol Smith in the video with Run DMC? You think I don't pay attention to that, right? Uh, and you know when Errol Smith, they tear the guitar and they break down the wall that divides rap and classic rock, you know? Righteousness is that. I don't, I don't, burn, I don't do CDs either, so don't send, me, don't send me. Don't send me a chain with a big lock on it, silver. Don't, don't do that. Uh, but you... Uh, Righteousness, righteousness comes through and tears the wall of sin down. Okay, that's what it does. Remember, it's not mine, it's not yours, not ours. It's his. You can't earn it, you can't buy it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it's righteousness. What does it do? It tears down the wall of sin that divides. All of our sinful behavior divides. That's why the enemy tempts you to do it. Uh, guys, I, I really have to teach you how the enemy disses you, how the enemy dukes you, how the enemy plays you like a deck of cards, okay? Because his intent is not to group you together. His intent is to isolate you. And sin isolates you. His intent is to create a wall between you and God and your fellowship. Because when that happens and you live a life of disobedience, you're going, you're, you, you will feel like the church doesn't like you, nobody loves you, and you will, you will uh, get a picture that you're disconnected. You'll even get the thinking you've never even encountered Christ in your life. It will lead to those, in, those things in your life. So I want you to see the picture of righteousness. This is the meat of where we're gonna to be today. So it could be an account, like a ledger, like an accounting ledgers. You and I have in our account sin, guilt, and shame. It has that there. But when he died on the cross, he paid the price. Not you and I, we didn't, we didn't pay for it or earn it or work for it, he did that. And so when he died for you on the cross, he removed the sin and the guilt and the shame out of your account, out of your ledger, and then he replaced it with his righteousness. So now we look at your account ledger and there's righteousness and there's no longer sin or guilt or shame. That is, that is what he does. And only Jesus can tear down this wall. Only Jesus can make that deposit into the ledger of your life. Only he can be able to do that. Uh, it, it's, it's important for you to be able to see that. So many people don't understand that concept of his righteousness being poured into us. And so here's what happens. You will work yourself to death in the kingdom to get him to pay attention to you. Are you listening? You, everything that comes up in the church, you'll be a part of it. I've, I've pastored these people. I, they think they can't be forgiven. They think that God will not tear down their wall. They think that God will not deposit his righteousness into their ledger. And so they work on everything. It's, it's like Laura turning cartwheels in our front yard. Hey, daddy, watch. Daddy, watch. Daddy, you're not looking. Daddy, watch. 
She just wanted daddy to watch. And so if you believe that Father God will not forgive you, then you'll turn spiritual cartwheels all of your life going, Father, look, and he's already looked. You see what I'm saying? If you, the enemy will have you believe in a lie that you're not working hard enough and you need to work harder for him to pay attention to you. He knows you. Amen. He knows your name. He knows the hair on your head and it's counted. And for some of you, it's not that big of a chore for him. <laughs> right? He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. And if we believe in our mind, in our psyche, if we believe that God will not forgive me, and some of you believe that, you will work yourself to death to get Father to look. You're misunderstanding what's going on. You think you can work and earn his righteousness. No, Jesus did the work and the payment for your righteousness. And man, when you realize that, the shackles fall off. The chains are broken. You see that? It's his righteousness. And he goes, seek this. And you're going, well, why, why is that such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal? Because if you seek righteousness, look at, look at Matthew chapter five, verse six for a moment. He says this in one of the greatest sermons ever preached. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed and they, they will be filled. And you're going, well, that sounds like I need to work or to earn it. No, it's if you seek after righteousness, you're gonna seek after Jesus because he's the only one that can give you that. And that's why he says, seek this, seek this first. You have to seek this first, but you have to go to him to be able to get it. Here, here, let, me, let, me, let me give you the Matthew 6, 33 in, in maybe a little more understandable way for me and you. It is, it is seek his kingship in your life over us. I'm seeking his king, kingship over me and I'm seeking his way of holiness. I'm seeking his way of holiness. We have to realize the picture of that. I, that's what his righteousness, I'm seeking after his righteousness, but to do that, I really have to seek after Jesus himself. And then it says here, and, and all these things will be provided to you. A lot of people go here with the prosperity gospel. Uh, and that all these things, you, you can have all these things. I don't think it's wrong to have things. I just think it's wrong for things to have you. You, you've, you just gotta realize that language. Uh, I want you to know that in this section, he refers to the stuff that you and I worry about as things, okay? He refers to them as things. Uh, the kingdom, the kingdom life is a resourced life. And, all, all, and he still calls them things. He says, all these things will be added to you. I wanna remind you, and uh, Miles put on the screen that we got this from O.S. Hawkins back when we were dealing with the Holy Spirit. I wanna remind you this, the Father is the source, 
The son, Jesus, is the course. And you're going, course? I know you're, you may be thinking curriculum, you know, like a syllabus at school or whatever, but uh, it, he is the way, right? So he's the course. And then the Holy Spirit is the force. And uh, we, uh, I shared this with some men that I teach this in, the, in during the week and, and meet with, and uh, that you, you need to remember this. We have a supernatural task and it takes supernatural power for us to be able to get through it. We, we have to learn that, but we have to learn that calmly. I mean, it's not one to twin powers activate. You know, I'm not gonna throw an arc between, you know, my finger and yours. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen that way. <clears throat> here's what uh, Charles Spurgeon, known as the Prince of Preachers, here's what he said very simply. He said, seek God first and the rest will follow. Seek God first and the rest will be able to follow. What do I focus on? Him. It's a, it's a move, it's a move of importance. And I, I mentioned we have supernatural tasks in, uh, which means it takes a supernatural power for you to live. Listen, I wanna teach you how to live. I don't, I, I don't believe from scripture that the enemy can take your eternal glory that God has given to you. But I do believe the enemy can take your abundant life in other people's lives. And if you read Matthew 6, especially this area, it talks about worry and anxiety, <clears throat> but it goes on to say, the birds of the air, I take care of them, I dress the fields with lilies. How much more, and, and they're important, but how much more important are you? And uh, I love you as a pastor. I'm not an argumentative guy. I'm really not. I'll debate, but I, I'm not vindictive, argumentative. I just want you to learn from his word. God has set his order. And the enemy wants to bring his disorder. Listen to me on this. If you really want to hurt me, don't come toe to toe with me. Don't do it, okay? But if you really want to hurt me, come after my kids. You listening? Come after my kids. Here's Satan. He knows he can't go toe to toe with God. But you know how he gets to the heart of God? Is he deceives his children. He deceives us. So the deception, the confusion all the things that are going, the chaos, the craziness, all the things that are going on is the enemy going after God's people, his children. And he knows if he gets the children, that's how he gets to the heart of God. Okay? And so I'm, I'm here, I'm put on this earth and I'm called to preach to help you not let you or anybody else be played with the devil like, a deck, like, you, like you play a deck of cards. You gotta learn the orders that God has put in. And it's a very simple theology. Whatever God has set in order, Satan wants to bring disorder to it. He wants to mess with me and you. Listen, my eternal glory is set. When Jesus died and I realized his death for me is a, not only love, but value. The sin and the shame and the guilt that was in my ledger, he pulled it out. And what he put in my ledger, righteousness. A right standing with him. And the enemy doesn't want that. Do you see how he's deceived people that we love and care for? 
And I don't get mad at people. I get angry at the enemy. I get mad at that because of what he's doing to people that I love. And I want you, we seek first. Where do we go? I mean, it really does, in my Bible, it has a subtopic, a cure for anxiety. And I know, you'll, I know you can rack that up all you want, but I'm just telling you, he's not the last resort. He is the first response. And seek him. You seek God first, in Spurgeon's words, the rest will be able to follow. Now, the team's gonna lead us in a song and invitation. But I wanna give a very direct invitation. First of all, if you're here, you've never given your life to Christ. Today, that, le- that ledger can be emptied and filled back up, okay? Those walls can be divided between you and God. It can happen. I want you to come and respond to that. There'll be people here to pray with you. And if, if you're here physically sick, please let us pray with you, Okay. We want to do that. And, and Alan, I rejoice in your good news, man. I just heard last night and I, I rejoice, you know, in your health. Uh, and we want to pray over you. But here's a very specific prayer request. We got an email from Haiti this week. We've already sent it out to our intercessory prayer team. And uh, Haiti is volatile right now, the whole country. And there's a lot of factions that are grouping together, ganging together is, is, a, is the picture that I have throughout Haiti. And they are claiming property. In other words, they're saying, oh, your house is mine now because you're in our territory. So it's kind of like gang life in the cities. You know, our turf is from this street to this street and you, we, you don't do business here. And so they're, they're dividing the country up. And if you're in the territory that they have deemed theirs, then everything in that territory is theirs. They come after it. So there, there, there are murders that are going on. There's, they're, they're stripping houses and claiming houses, kicking people out. And if you're resisting, they're killing them. Well, they have sent a threat to Disciples Village uh, that they want to take Disciples Village. And there are precious children there and precious workers there. So during this invitation, okay, they've, they've sent word that we're coming after you. And I'm, I'm asking you to pray for supernatural protection of that compound and those children in that area, okay? I'm asking you to come to the altar and pray if you feel like it. I know, you can argue, I can pray right here. Well, you can get on the roof and pray if you want to. I you know, you can go run around the blacktop. There's over a mile of it out there and pray if you want to. But I'm asking you to come and let's collectively as a church pray. You may have personal decisions you need to make. Don't neglect those, okay? But let's pray and I, I, I personally, don't forget, there are angels out there and, and they are his too, okay? And let's ask that the Lord literally surround that campus with his angels, okay? Now, will you stand with me? Will you do that? And let's pray for Disciples Village together. You come here and pray if you want to. Let's lift up them, Steve and Vicki Haddix out of our church lead, lead there. They can't go back because it's volatile. But listen, this is supernatural stuff, all right? 
We're asking the Lord to supernaturally protect. We're gonna go on and we're gonna give our invitation. We're gonna sing it. He's a, he's a good father and he is. And we're gonna ask his protection over this place, okay? Let me pray over you. Father, decisions are to be made. I pray that you give them courage. Lord, I, I know I've had to, I've lived life and thought that I, I, I didn't need to learn anything else and you continually show me through your word. Uh, Lord, there's constant change in our lives of what you reveal to us and reveal to us your kingdom. Uh, Lord, help people make decisions today. Give them boldness and courage to do so. And then Lord, our prayers are for you to supernaturally protect Disciples Village, those children and those workers and even their campus. Lord, we ask that. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Counselors, you make sure you're here. Will you do that? And then let's pray. The team's gonna lead us while we pray. So uh, we're gonna be worshiping in prayer. We're gonna be singing and worshiping at the same time because he's a good father. And let's rejoice in that.